0: News Network. A politician on the campaign trail once said, We choose truth over facts. I don't need to mention any names, Joe Biden. But if you think that statement is reassuring, you're probably not going to like what happens next. Because you're in the home of blunt forced truth, of conservative thought, not just talk, of facts that are truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And here's Dan
1: Newman. The facts that are truth. Those are the only ones I want. How about you? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of TNN Live. February. You realize when we get back on Monday, almost half of the month of February will be gone. It just seems like, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but it just seems like um, every day feels like a week. I mean, come on. I want to get old, but I don't want to be old. (laughs) You know, if you're over 50, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I hope everything has gone well for you this whole week. We've got a lot of news to bring to you today. We've got some really, really serious stuff we've got to bring to you today. But what I want to do, I want to get started with uh, a good piece of music as everybody's signing on for the show let's just you and I sit back and let's listen to a little Michael McDonald that deep deep voice oh my gosh can he sing and he wrote this song little bluesy yeah enjoy it no love at all none to be found
2: I will the mind
1: Getting finished with dinner at your favorite restaurant with your favorite squeeze, and you want some great blues, jazz music, Michael McDonald. Good morning, everybody. For those of you that are still joining the show live, we're going to wait a couple of minutes. We've got some very important things to talk to you about, and I don't want anybody to miss it. Just remember this, now, going forward every day, Monday through Friday, if you miss All are part of a live show. Of course, you can always get it at any one of those podcast sites. And there are over 30 of them now that are carrying this show. But I'll give you just a few that I can remember just in case you haven't gone and bookmarked TNN Live on where you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Who am I missing? I mean, we could go on and on and on. You can easily find us, go to any one of them, and put in the search bar, TNN Live, and put it in quotation marks. And you'll see my ugly mug jump up there. You can bookmark that site. You can get them that way. Or you can get them a little bit easier. I'll give you an example. Yesterday's TNN Live show was posted minutes after we got off the air. The show podcast itself was posted at the bottom of yesterday's front page story at truthnewsnet.org. So you can get them either place. Podcast site of your of your choice, or you can go back to truthnewsnet.org and get your show. That way you never miss. I've got some friends that live over in Mississippi, and uh, Jim and Glory. I got a, I got a, I think yeah, I got a text from Jim yesterday, and said uh, we're just about caught up on shows. We missed several of them. Keep up the good work, and uh, you may remember a few shows ago, I told you about a bookie back in the, when was it? About, I guess about 1980 that the, uh, the guys in the car manager, not the car manager, the car dealership that I was working at, I was the new car sales manager, they all bet on football and baseball and basketball. Had a bookie that did all their, uh, th- their betting, holding their bets. And of course, if you know anything about working with a bookie, there's a lot of cash that changes hands. They had one named JB. And JB had what was called a gar hole where he kept all his cash from week to week. Kind of unsafe. Maybe not so much back then. And uh, I called J.B. Jr on the show when I was describing the gar hole. And Jim reminded me, no, it was JB, JB Harrison. I think he's gone on to the, his next life. Uh, he He was probably in his 60s or 70s then, so I'm sure he's gone. Anyway, what do you got planned for the weekend? Of course, we've got Super Bowl Sunday evening, and it's coming live from Phoenix, Arizona. You know, a lot of the parts in the United States, including where I am in northwest Louisiana, it's warmer here today than it is in Arizona. You don't think about that being the case. But you know what? It's February everywhere. And in the wintertime, we should always expect to get cold weather and dress appropriately. To get started this morning, I want to circle back. I'm going to do a gin on you and circle back to the response to President Biden's State of the Union address by Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She did a wonderful job. I mean, i got to be honest with you. I think it was way better than the State of the Union message. In her response, she didn't mince words in any way. Just weeks into her term, she blamed President Biden for appeasing the radical left, which he does every day. She gave a preview of what the GOP presidential nominee will say next year, which I thought was a novel idea. I've never heard that before. Now, she pointed out, if you didn't hear it, while she's the youngest governor in the country, Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. And she noted that while she's the first woman elected governor of the natural state, that's what Arkansas is, prominent Democrats have trouble saying what a woman is. She likened Biden's State of the Union speech to a child's tall tale, and she lambasted the president for his bungled response to the crisis on the southern border, also for his inattention to crime across the nation. Every state, pretty much every city, is having massive crime, and the White House isn't doing anything about it. And she mentioned his delay in shooting down the Chinese spy balloon. She said, President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He's unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. So conservatives from top to bottom, they praise Sanders' indictment of the president and her call for a new generation of GOP leaders. A few people said it was the best State of the Union response they'd ever heard. She framed our today politics as a competition between normal and crazy with the Democrats acting cray-cray. I like that. Every day, she said, left-wing culture warriors tell us that we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, worship their false idols, all while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is, your freedom of speech. Those kind of lines are catnip to the populist grassroots. But you know what? I'm not convinced that they will persuade the independent voters who are now deciding every election. Governor Sanders' punchy and well-delivered remarks followed the Republican playbook from a very disappointing midterm campaign. You remember that? Didn't do so well. Thought we'd get the Senate back, didn't even get close. We thought we'd have a massive majority in the new House of Representatives and we have a very skinny margin. So think about this. If the Republican Party wants to win in 2024... Whoever the candidates are, are going to have to confront seriously and substantively topics that Sanders avoided. She didn't even mention anything about abortion, nor anything about the economy, which both shocked me. She neither mentioned nor alluded in any way to the most significant Supreme Court ruling that's come out in decades. Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization ended the constitutional right to abortion in a very remarkable victory for both the conservative legal movement and the pro-life cause. This prominent pro-life woman, and she is, and she's very pro-life, she didn't even bring it up. To be fair... Biden hardly touched on abortion in his State of the Union address. He devoted a measly five sentences to the issue. He did, however, say what he was for, writing an abortion guarantee into federal law, and what he was against, restrictions. Now, his advocacy for a federal right to abortion It's not going to be as muted as what we heard from him the other night on the campaign trail. They're going to come out guns a-blazing about abortion. The governor may have avoided the right to life because the pro-life movement, not to mention the Republican Party, hadn't settled on a post-Dobbs strategy. Many of the people in the GOP in that consultant class or pro-choice and believe that the Dobbs backlash was responsible for the party's losses. Every candidate has been left to fend for themselves, either by giving plainly and holding to their pro-life convictions or by curling into a ball and pretending that voters haven't noticed and won't notice. Well, guess what, guys? Voters do notice. And they're as likely to reject a candidate who is mealy-mouthed or defensive as they are to oppose a candidate that they perceive is extreme. Hiding behind the 10th Amendment and saying abortion is best left to the states, that's an evasion. That's a cop-out. If for no other reason than abortion activists follow a national plan of action that it deserves resistance. Whether they like it or not, Republicans have got to parry Democrat attacks, make the case for pro-life measures, and face the consequences. You're either pro-life or you're not. How can anybody expect to get elected in these days today without coming up with their stance on abortion? If you're a conservative... The left, they're very plain spoken about what their particular stance is. What do you think voters want to hear? The most energetic elements of the Republican coalition have organized themselves against far-left woke ideas on things like race on gender and American exceptionalism that since 2020 have gained some strength within the country's educational, its cultural, legal, medical, corporate, and media institutions. It's not much of an exaggeration to say that anti-wokeness serves the same unifying function for today's conservatives that anti-communism did for their 20th century forebears. The comparant compare a uh, comparison it's instructive it's teaching students of history recall that while the american people are anti-communist mostly voters rejected conservative anti-communism for decades because they found it was too aggressive and too conspiratorial republicans got to be more careful so their anti-woke messaging trigger the same response. It won't happen again. Focus, execution, competence. Those are the things that this era of voters are looking for. Focus, execution, and competence. When Republicans champion parental rights in education or challenge and constrain politically correct institutions. They seem to succeed and be rewarded every time. When they get off into details that are unfamiliar or strange, and most Americans don't know how to handle it, so they just set it to the side. Some anti-communists became monomaniacs and for understandable reasons. When a threat is that big, communism, that consuming, everybody knows about it. It tends to crowd out everything else. Anti-wokeness, it encourages similar behavior. Once your eyes are open to woke subversion, it's hard to close them. The problem with monomania is that it distorts the realities and it keeps us from seeing the world and how complex it is. It hobbles our capacity to recognize and to meet different challenges from the one you can't stop noticing, that one that just keeps popping up in your head. Americans are telling pollsters the is their n- number one priority. They give Biden extremely low marks on the economy because the inflation that his policies unleashed has eroded their standard of living. Everybody can relate to that. So Americans prefer the Republicans on that note. Yet last year, independents who said the economy is poor and disapproved of Biden, they voted for Democrats That's why Kevin McCarthy's House majority is so small. Why Chuck Schumer is still the Senate majority leader. Wake up, Republicans. If you're not careful, nothing's going to change in two years. Meanwhile, Governor Sanders hardly discussed the economy. She said the words inflation and high gas prices and jobs one time each. Inflation, high gas prices, and jobs, one time each. Woke, she mentioned that word twice. Rather than outline an economic plan that addressed the concern of the American people, she described her anti-woke agenda. Here's a quote. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban critical race theory, racism, and indoctrination in our schools, eliminate the use of the derogatory term Latinx in our government, repealed COVID orders, and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Now, I clap for Governor Sanders for these actions, what she said. I also know what she's talking about. Most Americans, however, have not heard of CRT or critical race theory. They haven't used nor encountered the expression Latinx and behave like the pandemic didn't even happen. Most voters are not political junkies. Woke discourse is incomprehensible to them, thank God. What's real to them? Listen closely. Education, health care, public safety. And wages. That's what they say, folks. It's coming that up every time there's a poll taken. She was on the right path, was Governor Sanders, when she went through her education bill. And she said this. Republicans believe in an America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant, paychecks are growing, where the freedom of our veterans shed their blood to defend the birthright of every man, woman, and child. That sounded kind of uh, presidential to me. This passage, the one I just quoted you, it paralleled what Ronald Reagan speechwriter Bill Gavin said, the litany that shaped the 40th president's oratory, family, work, peace, neighborhood, and freedom. Sanders' version identified what Republicans see as the ends of political life. What about the means? How do we get from here to there? Just think about this for a moment. Anti-wokeness, it's a big deal, but it's just part of the answer. We need to look at 2022. Look at the mistakes in the 2022 election. Republican candidates going forward not only have to attract more voters than they push away, they also got to present to the country a full-spectrum governing program that spans and includes abortion, education, health care, the economy, and foreign policy. A central plank of the domestic agenda will be raising the standard of living by recreating the low-inflation tight labor markets of the Clinton and Trump eras through border control, through trade deals, through cheap energy, through reduced taxes, reduced spending, reducing regulation, and income transfers. Griping about the condition of the world under Joe Biden, it's not good enough. It ain't gonna work. Voters want to hear what Republicans are going to do about it. I'm talking about rank-and-file Republicans, and they prefer a party with bad answers rather than a party that gives them none. It was the best response to any State of the Union address I've ever heard. I wonder why Sarah, why she left those things out I was expecting her to reach out about abortion and the economy, and she didn't. Listen, she's only been the governor of Arkansas for three weeks when she gave that address, so I'll give her a pass for that. But listen, Republicans, and I'm not one of you. In fact, I think I'm a little more conservative than most Republicans. Stand up. Make your voices heard ask questions, talk to your lawmakers, your individual lawmakers in your congressional district, and also your senators. They want to know what you think, and they're very easy to get in touch to. Now, will you get one of them on the phone when you make a phone call? No, you probably won't. But whoever answers the phone, what they're all told to do, By their bosses, is make notes about every phone call you get, every email you get, so that we can test the pulse of our constituents. Because if we want to finish this term that we're in and have a likely continuance getting another term, we got to listen to the people. And the people. Conservatives want to hear about more conservative ideals. They want to hear about what your plans are for taking care of crime and inflation. All the things that we hear about and we talk about every day. You think I'm right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of you do. So again, it's Friday and I want to thank you for joining us here. I've kind of kept an eye on how many people are logging in. I think the bulk of our crowd is here. So where are we going to go from here? Let me tell you what came out overnight. And I've told you before, we have some foreign news sources that we get a lot of our news from. It's amazing the differences, especially between the European news agencies and the U.S. news agencies. There are some things that we get from Europe that we never hear about over here. And I have a lot of people that will comment to me, hey, I listened to that thing that you said today. I've never heard about that. Well, there's some, I'm telling you, I'm not just exaggerating. There is some huge news about COVID-19, not about the vaccines, not about the lies or anything like that, about COVID-19. You want to stick around for this. That's up next.
2: Welcome to McDonald's.
3: Can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery.
2: So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie?
3: Yep. Name your drink. McDonald's
0: has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary.
4: When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline
5: production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal.
4: This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners.
0: Hi, Tom Bodet. quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you... Check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you.
4: I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains.
2: The mountains. I wave in the air, I fly over the birds,
6: and I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first
0: hybrid car with Ivy Tech engine, leave behind a better world. Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out together again. Dan Newman.
1: You know, I've noticed that more and more we're hearing things that uh, kind of go against the things that we've been told from the same people. And COVID world, those two years, two years plus that we've gone through with COVID-19. Just think back. Just think back. Think about all the things that We told you here, that we gave you here, the question marks that we threw out there from the very beginning. I didn't trust Anthony Fauci. I didn't like what he said. Some of my feelings that uh, directed me to assume that about Dr. Fauci was I've been in the medical business for 32 years. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician in any way, but I work very closely very closely with a lot of different healthcare professionals and institutions over 32 years. So when we started hearing from the number one infectious disease guy on the planet, and we started to get a hodgepodge of things that you got to do, things you better not do, you're going to die, you got to listen to me, you got to mask, you got to double mask, you've got a triple mask, you got to... Socially distance and shut down your spreading COVID-19. It's going to kill everybody you know. And we got to get those vaccines out. But you're going to die because we always have to wait two to three to four, or even sometimes five years to get a vaccine. And so we don't know what we're going to do in the interim. Fear. Fear. Gross misunderstandings. When all of that first began and we had Dr. Judy Mikovits on this show May of that year, 2020. And she gave us the road map that Anthony Fauci was going to use to take the American people captive and keep us in a fear cell. I mean, verbatim, she told us that. From that point on, I certainly didn't trust him. And now we find out Today, there's some pretty good reason for not trusting him. Just so happens that a protein in our lungs that blocks COVID and forms a natural barrier to the virus, it's been discovered by scientists at the University of Sydney, Australia. It's a naturally occurring protein, it's not a vaccine. They've labeled it LRRC15. L-R-R-C-15. How does it work? It attaches itself to the virus cell, like Velcro, and it stops the COVID particles from binding with more vulnerable cells, as well as reducing the chance of infection. This find was astonishing It may finally explain why some people suffer serious illness with COVID or even death while others never get sick or, if they get sick, very mild symptoms. LRRC15. It's not known to be present in humans until the virus shows up in the body. But it comes right after infection. The protein helps activate the body's response to COVID, and the team behind the incredible find, they hope it's gonna offer a promising pathway to develop new drugs to fight COVID-19. Researchers feel that patients who died from COVID did not produce enough of the protein, or they produced it too late to make a difference. Now, this is a theory, but it's supported by a separate study coming out of London that looked at blood samples for LRRC15. That study found the protein was lower in the blood of patients with severe COVID compared to patients that had mild COVID. The authors say they are now developing two strategies against covid using LRRC-15. And they feel strongly the strategies they're developing could work across multiple variants. In other words, you wouldn't need to have a bunch of boosters. One's going to target the nose as a preventative treatment. Another will be aimed at the lungs for serious cases. Professor Greg Neely, University of Sydney, who led the study, by the way, said his team was one of the three internationally to independently to uncover this specific protein's interaction with COVID-19. The other teams, they're at Oxford in the UK, Yale and Brown universities here in the US. Here's what Professor Neely said, quote, for me, as an immunologist, the fact that they're is this natural immune receptor that we didn't know about that's lining our lungs and blocks and controls virus. That's crazy interesting. Postdoctoral researcher and study co-author Dr. Lippin Liu said the LRRC15 protein was far more present in the lungs of people with COVID-19 than those without And that suggests it was already helping to protect people from COVID-19. When we stain the lungs of healthy tissue, we don't see much of LRRC15. But then in COVID lungs, we see much more. We think this newly identified protein could be part of our body's natural response. You remember that thing, natural immunity, natural immunity. Fauci hated it, said it would never stop COVID-19. These guys are finding out three years later. This comes into our bodies naturally, and it comes when COVID shows up. Team hopes their discovery will help develop new antiviral, new antibiotic medicines to treat COVID and other viruses where lung fibrosis occurs. They found that lrrc 15 is also expressed in fibroblast cells. Those are the cells that control lung fibrosis, which is a disease which causes damaged and scarred lung tissue, which, by the way, I have plenty of in my body. I had a really bad bout with bacterial pneumonia coming out of Mexico back in 19... 19- 1989, really bad, almost died. It scarred my lungs horrendously. They said we can now use this new receptor to design broad-acting drugs that can block viral infection or even suppress lung fibrosis. There are currently no good treatments for lung fibrosis, he said. Dr. Liu, a postdoctoral researcher who was part of the study, he said that LRRC-15 acts a bit like molecular Velcro. I like that comparison. It sticks to the spike of the virus and then pulls it away from the target cell types. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it just fabulous that no man created this? And guess who created it? God in nature. The human bodies, it's pretty amazing. Nobody can discount that. And this is just further evidence that natural immunity is easier, it's more powerful, and no man can manipulate it. It's found in nature. I don't want to hear about these lab researchers grabbing it and trying to monetize it, put it in a bottle and sell it. My gosh. We've had enough of that. I think you'll agree. Well, moving on, let's go up to Washington, D.C. How about? Let's start with Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio, one of my big, big, big idols in politics. Very plain spoken, very outspoken. And very smart when it comes to differentiating between right and wrong, truth and lie. Yesterday, he fired back at the DOJ after it challenged his subpoenas now. Subpoenas. We've gone to subpoenas early in this 118th Congress. His subpoenas of FBI Director Chris Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland. He wants them before his committee. This is the latest in this ongoing conflict between House Republicans and the Biden administration over allegations of the politicization of federal law enforcement. DOJ's response is wholly inadequate, flawed, and ignores the last two years of requests from our committee. We expect full compliance with subpoenas, that's Russell Die, Jordan's spokesperson. The committee subpoenaed Ray and Garland on February 3rd. That's a week ago. Fox News and other outlets reported the subpoenas seek a range of documents related to Garland's October 4th, 2021 memorandum that was sent to the FBI and others regarding the threats against school administrators, board members, teachers and staff. I'll be honest with you, I don't think Merrick Garland's ever going to live down what he did because the national school boards reached out to him and asked him to ask the White House to support putting the FBI on notice around the nation to start looking closely Those evil parents that were going to these school board meetings, threatening and attacking public school teachers around the nation, which wasn't happening. The subpoena reportedly compelled document production by March 1 at 9 a.m., three weeks. Jordan's subpoenas followed his January 17th letters that he wrote to both Ray and Garland, and those are the latest in a long series of oversight requests from congressional Republicans to the Biden administration as Republicans worry about the politicization of federal law enforcement. The FBI has been on notice about a, our oversight request and aware that the requests are outstanding and have been for months. Their stonewalling must stop, Jim Jordan wrote in his January 17th letter to Chris Ray. Requests to the FBI described in a series of letter to Ray date back about a year, back to March of 2022. They include a May 24th request that asked for, quote, an explanation of the facts and circumstances of the approximately 1.9 million U.S. person queries. Request looking into those queries were apparently made by the FBI connection with an investigation of Russian hacking aimed at the United States. That all just from the very beginning has seemed very fishy to me. And then another request, June of last year, concerns the FBI's maintain a maintenance of workspace at the Democrat-aligned law firm Perkins Coy along with the FBI's relationship with former Perkins Coy partner, Michael Sussman. Another from last September includes documents related to the Bureau's investigation of January 6th. The letter to the Attorney General, meanwhile, include requests dating back to June of 21. One dated June 8th of 21 concerns the Justice Department's current efforts to identify and prosecute individuals that were involved in the assaults of Mr. Andy Ngo, another journalist in violation of federal statutes securing their civil rights. You remember that all happened up in Portland. Andy Ngo, he was basically kicked around by those Antifa thugs night after night after night. Another one of the subpoenas is focused on the diary allegedly belonging to Biden's daughter, as well as the FBI's raid on the home of Project Veritas's James O'Keefe. The DOJ's response to the subpoenas written by Assistant U.S. Attorney General Carlos Urardi states that Jim Jordan didn't respond to a January 20th offer it extended for a discussion on the request. The letter said, We have offered to engage with the committee, and provide information voluntarily, so a subpoena is premature. The overwhelming majority of congressional requests for information are resolved through voluntary discussion and cooperation, the letter continues. The DOJ's letter also states the Judiciary Committee has chosen not to work with the FBI to prioritize the request in its communications, We share your belief that congressional oversight is vital to a well-functioning democracy and an important part of effective congressional oversight is good faith engagement in the accommodations process, it added. Okay, here's the deal. Let me tell you about the prioritization of their request. When they send you one, respond to it. And when they send the second, Respond to it. Then they'll send the third and respond to it. If you get a bunch of them, not at one time, but over a few-day period, look at the date. Respond to that one first. You know what's going on? It shouldn't surprise us. Democrats don't want Americans to know what's behind all of this stuff they're doing and stuff they're not doing. It's delay, 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 And then delay some more. And here we are, regular Americans out here. We're working our butts off. We're trying to pay our bills, keep our kids safe, keep our families happy and healthy. Isn't that what our government is supposed to open up the environment and let us be able to do that on our own? Instead, what we have now is we have a Department of Justice... And a White House administration, their operating conception of how to be effective and do what they want to do is just to continue to ratchet down tighter and tighter and even tighter on the American people, using everything they can to instill fear, to scare us to death. Once again, delay, 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 give us no answers to the questions we we the people need answered. And just one thought on that. Aren't we the bosses? Isn't our government supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people? Not government of the government, by the government, and for the government. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Another little Blockbuster was dropped on us yesterday by the senior senator in Congress, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa. He testified Thursday before the House's new Select Subcommittee on Political Weaponization, and he said whistleblower disclosures show the FBI has evidence that Hunter Biden was part of the family business scheme's and that President Biden is aware of those business schemes. They have evidence. Joe Biden and his staff have claimed seven times that he's had no part in the family business schemes. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Here's what I know I know Trump deserves to be investigated. That was Joe Biden back in 2019. But Chuck Grassley, speaking before the first select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government hearing, told House members that whistleblower disclosures made clear the FBI has in its possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them, Grassley added. It's unclear why the FBI has not acted on the alleged evidence. Well, we all know why. They're not going to do anything unless and until they're made to. And I got to be honest with you. I'm at a point now, most Americans are too. Let's haul Christopher Ray up with a subpoena Pick him up, bring him to the Capitol, put him in front of the committee, and if he refuses to answer, put him in the hooskal, put him in jail. There's a sergeant at arms in both houses of the Capitol, and they have the ability to do what I just said. And there is a jail <laughs> in the Capitol. Wouldn't that be? it only have to happen one time. That's it. Hmm. The FBI is in possession of Hunter's infamous laptop from hell, which we were told they couldn't find it at one time. And that's caused a bunch of Americans to dub the Biden family the Biden crime family or the Biden family syndicate. According to a recent poll, 61% of us voters, we believe it's likely that Joe was consulted about and perhaps profited from Hunter's overseas business dealings, including at least one involving that major company, energy company in mainland China. 44% say it's very unlikely, excuse me, very likely. Evidence from business deals in Russia in Ukraine and China, support the public's opinion. In one example related to Ukraine, Joe made an appearance at the Council on Foreign Relations. We have actually played that in that he was up in front of a crowd sitting on a stage. He was bragging. He was bragging that he forced the firing of the prosecutor. Victor Shokin in Ukraine because Shokin was investigating corruption in Burisma. That's the uh, natural gas company that Hunter Biden was serving on the board of directors for getting about seventy-five dollars to $80,000 a month for doing so. We need to stop talking about this because nothing changes. It's all the same. They're doing it. They're doing it. And they know we know they're doing it. And they're not doing anything about it. Speaking of Jim Jordan, here he is with some of the whistleblower information and concerns he has about this entire Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden debacle that's real. It's there. It is and it was corrupt. And the President of the United States is in it up to his eyeballs.
3: November 18th, 2021, an FBI whistleblower discloses to Republicans on the House Judiciary that the FBI created a threat tag for parents voicing their concerns at school board meetings. April 26, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI employees are being run out of the Bureau for attending conservative political events may 11th 2022 another fbi whistleblower discloses that dozens of parents with the threat tag designation to their name are investigated by the fbi this also happens to be the same whistleblower who said the fbi leadership not the rank and file members the fbi leadership is rotted at its core his clearance has been revoked and he's been suspended june 7th 2022 another FBI whistleblower is retaliated against after giving feedback on an anonymous survey. July 27th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that agents are pressured to reclassify cases as domestic violent extremism cases to hit self-created performance metrics. September 14th, 2022, an FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI views the Betsy Ross flag as a terrorist symbol. September 19th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the Washington field office is deliberately manipulating January 6th case files to make it appear that domestic violence extremism is on the rise. He's been suspended. November 8th, excuse me, November 4th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses the FBI accepts private user information from Facebook, without the user's consent, and information is from only the conservative side of the political spectrum. This is only a sampling. In my time in Congress, I have never seen anything like this. Dozens and dozens of whistleblowers, FBI agents coming to us, talking about what's going on the political nature at the Justice Department. Not Jim Jordan saying this, not Republicans, not conservatives, good, brave FBI agents who are willing to come forward and give us the truth. And this is just the FBI. Americans have concerns about the double standard at the Department of Justice. Americans have concerns about the disinformation governance board that the Department of Homeland Security tried to form. Americans have concerns about the ATF and what they're doing to the Second Amendment. And of course, they have concerns about the IRS and the thousands of new agents who are coming to that organization. And finally, there are concerns about what we've learned in the Twitter files where big government and big tech colluded to shape and mold the narrative and to suppress information and censor Americans. Over the course of our work in this committee, we expect to hear from government officials and experts like we have here today. We expect to hear from Americans who've been targeted by their government. We expect to hear from people in the media. And we expect to hear from the FBI agents who have come forward as whistleblowers we think many of them will set for transcribed interviews, as one did on Tuesday, and we believe several of them will come and testify in open hearings. And finally, we expect to bring forward legislation that will help protect the American people. We hope our Democrat colleagues will work with us. The day the resolution creating this select committee was debated and passed, though, Mr. Jeffries, Mr. Nadler said Democrats would, quote, fight us tooth and nail. We hope that attitude changes. We want to work with them. Protecting the First Amendment shouldn't be partisan. Protecting the Constitution shouldn't be partisan. And protecting the fundamental principle of equal treatment under the law should not be partisan. With that, I yield to the ranking member for her opening statement.
1: That's Jim Jordan. That was the opening of that judicial committee, House Judiciary Committee. He just laid it out, folks. It's factual. You want to know my personal feelings about all of this? Yeah, Congressman Mike Johnson was on our show right before they took over control of the House after the election, and I asked him point blank, for those of you that heard or listened live or in the podcast format, you heard me ask him, how serious are they? Not just about developing all of the things that they want to investigate and ask questions about and demand People come before Congress and testify. What did I think about, were they actually going to be successful at doing it? i got to be totally honest with you. And I said I was never going to say that term again. Totally honest. You know what I think? Here's what I think. I think they're all on the right path. But the right path that Republicans are walking down is not the same path that Democrats live on. Are they going to be able to get anything done, these Republicans? I can tell you this. It's not going to be based upon whether or not they have this stuff and are prepared to take action on it. Of course, they're going to have to take action. It's going to mean subpoenas. It's going to be mean going to courts and getting uh, arrest warrants and stuff like that for those that don't appear. They're going to have to take it all the way, and they need to push the timing of this. Conservatives across the nation are crazy about any of the stuff that is pontificated by candidates and also by those in office about here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'm going to do if you elect me. And then nothing gets through. Nothing gets done. Now, if Jim Jordan, who I know is a very honest, hardworking member of the House, he's one of the most hardworking members of the House, I know he meant every word of what he said. But when you have a White House that refuses to cooperate, when you have a Department of Justice that refuses to cooperate, which includes an FBI director that refuses to cooperate, what are you going to do? You want to hold people accountable for what they did wrong. Who's the entity? Which is the entity that should do that? Department of Justice, FBI, in fact, that's the only department of government that can do anything about it. Are we going to be able to get their attention? I don't know what it's going to take, but I don't think we're at a place right now where we can just come out and say, you know, here's what we're going to do, and this is going to be the result of that, and we're going to work our rear ends off like we always do. But instead of just pouring buckets of water into the Atlantic Ocean, trying to fill it up, we're not going to go down that road. We're going to quickly take all the legal action that we are empowered to do by the U.S. Constitution, and we're going to use it. You know what for? We're going to use it for the American people who we represent. We're not going to just sit by and not do anything. We're going to go to work. In a world gone mad, telling
0: the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN.
5: not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with
0: Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by 2 and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit Supply, see store for details. O'Reilly,
2: oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Auto
4: Parts.
1: Something We've never done in truth news network. We haven't really dived in. We've done it behind the scenes. We've dived in to all of the horrible things that uh, Hunter Biden was involved in. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not going to say that anymore. <laughs> what are you talking about, Dan? I'll be honest with you. That's kind of a crutch to change in a conversation and kind of bring another element in to add to the sentence you just said. I'll be honest with you. What does that mean, Dan? Does that mean you're not honest with me all the time? I'm going to stop saying that. Here's what I'm going to say. Here, we haven't on the air, we've not talked a lot about how deviant Hunter Biden was, and as far as I know, he might still be. But he was really, really a bad person. I mean, really bad. He obviously had a horrible drug problem. His dad, the president, says that he has worked his way through that. I hope that's true. Drugs are horrible and do horrible things to a lot of people. I'll never forget the quote that I heard from uh, the Hunter Biden laptop where he said, He admitted that he would crawl around on the floor with a crack pipe. He didn't have any crack, but he would try to find anything on the floor, on the carpet, that he could actually stick in that crack pipe and smoke. He was that hooked. Dave Rubin, he heard something that Hunter did, which is really nasty, and it involved somebody that worked for him. Here's Dave describing it.
4: Well, we now know for a fact, because Hunter himself has admitted it, that the laptop he left at that repair shop was in fact authentic and not Russian disinformation or something. The stuff that keeps coming out of it is just more and more appalling by the day. Now, I really hope you went and made yourself a strong drink for this one because the latest revelations, well, have a look. According to this report, text messages have been found on the laptop that show classy gent Hunter withheld pay from a female assistant who was desperate for money to pay the rent. And he demanded that in order to get the money that she was owed, he demanded that she set up her phone so he could FaceTime her and watch her in the shower. <laughs> Yuck. There's more detail, but I'm not going to go into any more than that. This is Sky After Dark, but it's not that after dark, if you know what I'm saying. But before you feel too sorry for the woman in question here, I mean, really, who wouldn't want the chance to get the gear off on camera for Hunter Biden? Yuck. It is important to remember who the real victim is here. No, not the woman who was sexually harassed, who was owed money. Not the poor housekeeping staff at the Chateau Marmont whose rooms he so comprehensively trashed that he was told never to come back. Not the American people whose entire government may have been compromised by his reckless behavior. No, the real victim here, Hunter himself. The first fail lawyers have written a petulant foot-stampy letter to the Delaware Attorney General demanding that they do something about the mean old laptop repairman who showed Hunter's hard drive to the world after he abandoned it in his computer shop. Quote, this failed dirty political trick directly resulted in the exposure, exploitation and manipulation of Mr. Biden's private and personal information. Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell wrote, Mr. McIsaac's intentional, reckless and unlawful conduct allowed for hundreds of gigabytes of Mr. Biden's personal data without any discretion to be circulated around the internet. Yeah, okay, look, I think I know who's guilty of intentional, reckless, and unlawful conduct here, and it ain't Hunter. But this is a fascinating tactic. I mean, basically, Hunter's got his lawyers saying, look, there's a lot of dodgy stuff here, but it's the other guy's fault that I was too high to keep the evidence of it from making it into the public domain. I mean, really, I guess he's got a point. Let he who has not withheld pay from an assistant demanding a naked FaceTime shower cast the first stone, right? Anyway, naturally, the White House is being asked about this story, which has now escalated to the point where the feds are being asked to investigate the leaking of the laptop. And here's some nice palate-cleansing Corinne Jean-Pierre word salad for you.
3: Counsel for Hunter Biden has written the National Security Division of the Justice Department. I know you like to keep that agency very arm's length. But is it arm's length when the president's son writes seeking, writes DRJ seeking an investigation?
6: I mean, look, I'm going to be pretty consistent as I have been uh, from this podium when it relates to that uh, uh, that particular uh, question that you, you're you asking me. We have been for the last two years, and I will say to you that that is something for uh, Hunter Biden's uh, personal representative, their representative to speak to. I'm just not going to speak to it from here. I would um, as far as that piece, I would refer you to the White House Counsel Office. Uh, and again, uh, don't have anything to add. This is something for his personal representatives to speak to. Uh, and uh, as it relates to the agencies, as you were asking me, look, uh, this is a president, and I said this before, that believes in the independence of the Department of Justice.
1: It's politics. It's all about politics, which means if you do something wrong, get caught, don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, it's like it's not there. You're asked questions about it. You just shrug it off. Think about it. Hunter Biden, all I ever knew about him was one thing before I decided he was a sick puppy. His brother, Bo, that died of brain cancer. You remember that? While Bo was still alive, Hunter wooed Bo's wife away, and after Bo died, he married her. What a snake. I understand the president loves his son. I would expect nothing different from that. But what I don't understand is Joe Biden, as formerly a senator for many, many years, then a vice president for eight years, now president of the United States, not abiding by the laws that he swore an oath to over and over and over again, not making sure his own son is abiding by those same laws. And think about all the people that Hunter Biden has done things to that have impacted many of those people permanently. There's a whole underbelly of the United States of America that is based around illegal drug use. There aren't very many good people in that business on either side of the business. I mean, look what's happening with fentanyl. Just this... Last year, we are told, there's been enough fentanyl to come across the southern border with those illegal aliens that Joe Biden is opening the gate for down there and waving in. There's enough fentanyl that's come in that we've caught to kill every American. Five times over. There aren't many good people in the illegal drug business. Now, am I saying Hunter Biden's not a good person? Honestly, I question, because of what Hunter Biden has done, just the few things we know about, I question whether he is a good person. Am I damning him to hell or anything like that? That's not my call. I'm not God. I'm not his father either. But what I expect is the president of the United States, I want him to be a dad. But being a dad and being a president are two different things. You can be a dad while you're president, but that doesn't give you a free pass to see to it your son gets away with breaking the law all the time. That's what we have going on in our administration, this White House. House Republicans announced they're pretty sure federal agencies have become a weapon against their own apolitical employees and the constitutional rights of Americans. Maybe this is just the way the Biden administration is going to roll, or going to attack everybody. The parties traded laundry list of grievances. House Democrats, House Republicans going after each other. Long list of grievances stemming from agency, and congressional investigations. Think back from the Benghazi attack to the Russia collusion hoax. At the first hearing Thursday of the House Judiciary Committee Select Subcommittee, you just heard Jim Jordan, chairman of the committee, opening statements. Minority Democrats, they say the subcommittee itself is a threat to the safety and integrity of law enforcement. Arguing Republican rhetoric provoked a dirty bomb threat against the FBI after its raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Majority Republicans pointed to their November staff report on FBI whistleblowers and the Justice Department's politicization. They all agree on nothing. On nothing. They're not going to agree to do the one simple thing that has got to happen before we're going to fix this crisis in our nation. What is that? Start enforcing the laws. Which ones, Dan? Every one of them. Every single one of them. Partisanship is everywhere. There was just a little bitty piece of me during the campaign Running up to 2020, 2022, the election. And it was that Joe Biden would actually try to do things to bring the people together. In fact, he's done exactly the opposite. You know it. You are living in the same America I am. We'll never get it right, we'll never find unity until we each agree that we're not going to get everybody to agree with everything. And when somebody thinks differently from us, that doesn't mean that we pull out our guns and go after them to kill them. That's certainly not an example of unity. Sometimes it's recognized that we're just going to agree to disagree. I hate to put people In a bucket. Hillary's basket of deplorables. I hate to put people in there. And I'm guilty. I've done it. No doubt about it. I've done it. And I was wrong when I did it. Recognizing that sometimes we're not going to agree on something very important to us and important to those we're talking to. What we've got to do is stop doing and performing the process that Democrats have put together and they have used it as their number number one weapon in their quiver of weapons. And that is, if there's somebody you talk to about any political issue, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If they disagree with you, Immediately put them in your basket of deplorables and mark them. They're not worthy. Republicans, sure, that happens a lot. But it's not happening like it happens every day in the Democrat Party. You can argue with me on that. Feel free to do so. Toll free. 1-866-37-TRUTH. 1-866-378-7884. 18663787884 Evil doesn't live in a vacuum. It has to be in people. It has to be using people and evil doesn't go out looking for a political party to jump on. There's plenty to go around. We got to find a way to get to the end of this thing. Recognize and accept our differences. I may think you're deplorable, but just because I think something's right doesn't make it right. Just because I think something's wrong doesn't make it wrong. So what if I'm wrong? So what if you're wrong? I'll try to convert you, but if I can't, that doesn't mean I'm going to mark you as deplorable and damn you to hell. I expect the same from you. You can imagine all of the stuff that's going on in our lives. Think about what we have. We talked about it in our opening remarks. When I was talking to you about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the new governor of Arkansas, gave the response, the Republican response to the State of the Union message by Joe Biden. And she wouldn't talk about or didn't talk about several different things. Abortion and our economy. Two flashpoints for conservatives. And it's not just conservatives. We're all, all of us have opinions on those issues, abortions and the economy. Maybe you're not pro-life. Maybe you are pro-choice, okay? I'll be glad to talk to you and give you the evidence that proves that's not a good position to take. You can do the same to me that says my position of being pro-life is not A good position to take. That doesn't mean I'm going to automatically jump over there and just agree with you completely. I'm. That's not an acceptable and believable way of life. Believing that that's going to happen, but when it does happen, and there's rejection there, we've got to start looking and smiling shaking hands and walking away without damning somebody to hell just because they think differently. Something that very few people are talking about, the Ukraine-Russia war. Honestly, I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think it's a good war. I think, and the more it lingers... It confirms to me that it is a purposeful conflict that was devised for money. How does that happen? War is expensive. War requires weapons and all kind of military infrastructure. Those things cost buttloads full of money. Somebody's got to create those things. The transportation pieces, the military hardware, all of the software that it takes to run the operations. You can just name one thing after another that is an expense that wouldn't be an expense if we didn't have the Ukraine war. Vladimir Zelensky... He's got a reputation. He has a background. Have you looked it up? Have you looked into Vladimir Zelensky's past, his political past? I challenge you. Do it today. And then begin to ask yourself some questions. Start with Vladimir Putin. You could start from this point. He was in the KGB. It was the evil Russian intelligence agency when there was the Soviet Union. That's where he learned his government policies, the way to operate. He wants that environment back. One reason people are okay with authoritarian or or totalitarianism, one reason is Everybody knows all the time where they stand regarding who's in charge and who's not. And when you live in that, that's one sector of your life you don't even have to think about. It's there. Somebody else is taking care of it for you. That may sound trite, but it's factual. Vladimir Putin, as a Russian, despises Nazis, and that whole thought process began in World War II. No, he wasn't part of World War II, but he was born shortly after World War II. Just remember this, Germans slaughtered, I don't know how many, but thousands and thousands of Russians. Russians went to battle against the Nazis, siding with our neighbors in Europe. And us, of course. Post-World War II, the Nuremberg trials, many hundreds of those evil Nazi leaders in the military there were tried. Many of them were put to death. But a huge number of them were banished to where? Ukraine. They've been living in Ukraine. Most of them have passed away but they have families that survived them. Many of the family members adopted the politics of dad and mom. Nazism is rampant in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin hates Nazism. That's part of the reason for his invasion. You may have heard him say up front, he claimed lots of Nazis in Ukraine. We got to take them out. That's not a lie. That's not a fantasy. That's part of what he's doing. Another big part of it is there are multiple parts of Ukraine that were parts of the Soviet Union. He wants the Soviet Union back. Even if he doesn't get it, Russia Included a lot of the parts of Ukraine. He wants them back. Any leader would. If somebody came into the United States, let's just say somebody from our extreme northeast across the waters, which, by the way, could be Russia. They came over and they just took Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, maybe even Massachusetts. They just lopped them off and said, we're going to take these states and make them part of Russia. What would the people that live there and their heirs, what would they think about that? Those people grew up in these states. Their lives were built in those states. Their families, their kids grew up, went to college, it was all part of Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, and all of a sudden they're told you now belong to Russia. How would you feel? What would you think about that? And if somebody rose rose up politically up in the Northeast and said, "I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead the quest to go take these states back, put them back where they belong." in the United States of America. It's a similar thing. There are a lot of differences. But he wants the Soviet Union back, and he wants to hold the people accountable that took it away from Russia, Mother Russia. Do I think it's right? No, I don't think it's right. I think he's got a point and a reason, but I don't think it was right when those things happened. But there's a third leg in this conversation. It's not my responsibility or my right to tell Ukraine and Russia what to do and what not to do. Do you know that the United States of America is considered on the world platform to be the biggest thugs on earth? We get involved in so many military conflicts. We get involved with so many little countries. We act like we're the police people for the whole globe, and we boss people around. That happens. We use the power and authority that we have and the wealth that we have to intimidate other world leaders. am I damning our government? No, I'm not. I'm just saying I understand why a lot of these people feel the way they do. I can't say I totally understand Vladimir Putin, but I can understand the reasoning, at least in part, for what he's doing in Ukraine. Back to my beginning statement, it's all about the money. I think it is. There are billions of dollars, 114 billion of them already that we've given to Ukraine, reports say. Think about that, 114 billion dollars. Should we have done that? Many Americans, and I'm one of them, doesn't think we should. Should we let Vladimir Putin go in there and slaughter the Ukrainian people? I don't think we should, but I don't think... We should be writing blank checks and giving them to the leader of Ukraine who has no history in military conflicts. He was a stand-up comedian. He's never led anything. He was hand-picked and placed there. And many of the people that were involved with that placement of Vladimir Putin Vladimir Zelensky. Putin is confident, and I agree, they're Nazis. Nazis weren't good people. You hear all the time people on the left in the U.S., they called Donald Trump an authoritarian, a totalitarian, even a communist. He was the exact opposite of that, but you can't say the same thing about. Vladimir Putin, if it cracks and waddles, it's a duck, and he's a duck. Ukraine, the military industry in the United States of America is making all kinds of money, just like Big Pharma made and still is making all kinds of monies. Both of those institutions and both of this Circumstances that we've just been talking about, both of them include mostly Americans and billions of dollars. Who makes the profit off all that? Certainly not the United States of America. I can tell you who does. Besides Volodymyr Zelensky, a bunch of evil politicians in the United States of America And these military corporations that create all of the stuff with which we can go kill somebody, we can go start a war, we can enter in a war, nobody wins in a war except the industrial military complex. Remember that.
4: ABC Tonight, it's all about big cash. Here we go! And big crash. <laughs> on the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. Give me some money. To win it all. The big winner of $1 million. Then, host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep.
0: On your cart, Get set! Yeah.
2: And
4: we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. You are
3: on fire! It all starts tonight, 87 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu dinner 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 every day you have to think of what's for dinner well
7: now subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day it's called dinner tonight every day after 4 p.m subway is offering a dinner tonight special which includes two regular six inch subs two bags of chips and two 21 ounce fountain drinks all for just 11.99 this offer is available all day long on sundays subway of kodiak eat fresh
1: It's mycomputercareer.edu.
0: Violence, screaming obscenities, heated arguments, angry crowds, roller derby? Nah. Election season. And your voice of calm is truthnewsnet.org. You
1: know what? We're in an election season right now. We've had people already declaring for the presidency for 2024. Joe Biden hadn't declared yet. Donald Trump has. We expect uh, who's gonna who's gonna jump in? Who's gonna jump in? Former governor of South Carolina. She's gonna formally announce. So anyway, we're in an election season now. What while that break was going on, I looked and lo and behold, Matt Gates, a Republican from Florida. He basically jumped on the same thing that I was just talking about, about Ukraine. It's the sense of the House of Representatives that, one, the United States must end its military and financial aid to Ukraine, and two, House of Representatives urges all combatants to reach a peace agreement. Now, that's in a resolution Here's what it says. President Biden must have forgotten his prediction from March of 2022, suggesting that arming Ukraine with military equipment will escalate the conflict to World War III. It continued, America is in a state of managed decline. It will exacerbate if we continue to hemorrhage taxpayer dollars toward a foreign war. We must suspend all foreign aid for the war in Ukraine and demand that all combatants in this conflict reach a peace agreement immediately. He had a bunch of sponsors for this resolution. I won't read you their names, but let's see, I don't see not a single Democrat, all Republicans. He urged his colleagues to support Matt Gates' resolution. That was who did that? Barry Moore, Republican from Alabama. The only person earning an easier buck than Ukrainian war profiteers is Hunter Biden's art dealer, Representative Moore tweeted. Congress should support Representative Matt Gates' resolution and end taxpayer-funded blank checks to Ukraine. That's just the roadmap of what we've done through the years. It's the same thing this administration is doing Within our domestic borders, if we have any domestic borders or borders at all, throw the money out there. Throw the money out there. We're never going to pay it back, so just throw it out there. As long as they keep giving us credit cards that have no limit on them, let's just spend the money. We'll send money over here. Hopefully, we're going to buy favor from these nations that we're sending all this money to. There's pretty much no end of the story. We just got to get it stopped. We got plenty to deal with over here, plenty more to deal with than this war in Ukraine and what it's cost the Americans. It's cost us a lot. There's other move, news going on, too. Attorney General, Montana's Republican Attorney General, has threatened to sue one nonprofit of state attorneys if it didn't return taxpayer money in the middle of accusations of growing liberal bias in the group. Attorney General Austin Knudsen sent a pointed letter with a 90-day deadline to the National Association of Attorneys General following an exodus of members as questions swirl about the group's finances and a supposed liberal agenda despite labeling itself as nonpartisan. There's no doubt in my mind now that the NAAG is an unreliable and improper financial steward. Montana's share of the money at NAAG needs to come home. Return the money in your accounts that belongs to Montana within 90 days, or I will go to court and sue to ensure that the money is safely and legally brought back within the four corners of Montana law. Newton was one of several lawyers who fled that organization in the last year. His accusations were made that the group was banking money from consumer protection settlements, often bigger than the cuts the states themselves received. The group also allegedly mismanaged funds and promoted liberal causes while stifling conservative members' voices. Over the last six-plus months, The disheartening revelations about this agency have confirmed the wisdom of extricating Montana from these activities. So why would you bring this story up? It's because the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm telling you, as times have gotten harder and harder across the nation for every one of us, we begin to concentrate more and more on dollars and cents. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start looking and seeking opportunities to get money from people and do it in an unethical or actually sometimes illegal fashion, that's an outcrap. It's a piece of what we're going through here now. Money's down. People don't have the spending availability that we've had in the past. They're looking for ways to find more money and looking for ways to reduce their expenses at the same time. Many, however, they forget about reducing the cost and the expenses and they just want to go get money. Meanwhile, the Biden administration shutting down our fossil fuel industry, canceling permits for drilling, doing all those things that we're paying the prices at the pump for, energy costs have gone up exponentially. It's winter time up north. Do you know that heating oil prices in many places doubled overnight? Now, businesses were told, oh, they could just inflate their prices a little bit to cover the additional cost. But people that are people that don't own businesses, what are they going to do about it? In many cases, they're going to find somewhere in their lives that they have to cut to pay for heating oil because you can't live in freezing weather 24-7. You can't do it. Somebody's going to die. Meanwhile, our House Committee on Natural Resources, Committee on Oversight and Investigations held a hearing yesterday and it's titled Dependence on Foreign Adversaries, America's Critical Minerals Crisis. So what's this about? Well, Joe Biden's cutting off all or most of the fossil fuel production in the United States. And he says, I heard him say it and we played the soundbite here for you. He said from the the State of the Union message, well, we're going to need fossil fuel for the next 10 years. That was one of the remarks that got him all the boos. What's the boos about? That would sound positive to most people should be positive most people think to the fossil fuel producers there you go you're going to be able to sell your products for 10 more years but you don't just go out in your backyard with a shovel and drill a hole and get natural gas or get oil you don't do it unless you live certain places over in the Middle East it takes a lot of money Do you know that in the Hainesville Shale gas underground resources that cover most of northwest Louisiana, northeast Texas, some of southwest Arkansas and even southeast Oklahoma, those wells, they bring in buttloads full of natural gas. I mean money hand over fist. Do you know what it costs to drill and complete a Hainesville Shale well is 20 million dollars approximately sometimes more sometimes a little less why is that well they go down 15,000 feet and then they have to directional drill from there which is they drill the shaft main shaft straight down and then they directional drill out into the formation to get the gas to come back to the drill pipe and come up 15 to 20 million dollars a well and by the way You still have no guarantee when you start punching that hole, you're going to hit gas. So what are we doing in the meantime? Our president, he's pretty much depleted as much of our reserve processes of the oil that we have in storage as a nation. He's taken a bunch of it out and he sold it and he sold a bunch of it to China, by the way instead of selling it to people here in the United States, those fossil fuel companies to put in their pumps around the nation. Why do you think that is? Follow the money, follow the money. Hunter Biden, follow the money. Joe Biden, follow the money. Jim Biden, follow the money. You make $170,000 a year in Washington, D.C., and your wife teaches at a community college, you do that 170 grand for 15, 20, 25 years, and all of a sudden you own four estates. Three of them beach properties. How do you do that? Well, you don't do it by being a member of the United States Senate. That's just a part of it. But you got to find ways to take advantage of that, and obviously Joe Biden did so. We're having to go beg for oil and natural gas when in October of the last year of the Trump administration, in October of that year, we became energy independent for the first time in 50 years. That meant we were selling gas on top of what we were using to other nations. We had more gas, more oil than we needed here. That was a good thing, right? Joe Biden nixed it. He turned that spigot off in one day. By assessing the current state of the nation's critical mineral supply, the U.S. could once again resuscitate national security and unleash America's energy and mineral potential. How? This is an urgent matter, as we rely on critical minerals for our way of life. It's not just to fuel our planes and trains and automobiles. It's for a lot of things, from smartphones and laptops, to renewable energy technology, to medical equipment, military gear, energy storage, defense systems, and many essential aspects of modern life and national security all depend on an abundance of critical minerals. Just a side note, and I'll move on. Do you know that uh, one of the elements that has to be put in these new age batteries that are going in all these electric vehicles, one of them, China owns the world market for lithium. Did you know that? Yeah, it it, it is produced in some other places. But they bought it. We had a chance to do the same thing, but Joe Biden wouldn't do it. So what does that mean? Just another reason we're going to be looking to China for help. Why? Because our leader decided uh, we're going to sunset. We're going to sunset our fossil fuel usage And we don't care if it's practical, we don't care if it won't work. We can't flip a switch overnight and go from fossil fuel to all renewable energy, but I'm going to try. After all, my name is Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden. I was vice president with Barack Obama for eight years, so I know everything about government. And by the way, I know so much, I can tell you as an entrepreneur, a business owner, a major corporation... Majority or minority share owner, I can tell you what you should do and what mistakes you made and how you can fix them. All you got to do is just listen to me and send me more of your tax money because I'm going to put it to use for the federal government. Oh, by the way, I'm going to take a buck or two myself because truth matters. You're listening to
0: the truth news network.
6: The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries was four seventy-nine, now just two ninety-nine.
7: Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Go- swing!
6: Ah! Whoa, looks like someone could have used Yahoo
4: OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer.
2: Yahoo!
4: Standard carrier text messaging rates apply
1: congressman chip roy you know who he is we we play audio files that uh, he's doing and saying in congress he's right on in most of the cases well you know we've got a we've got a debt limit debacle that we got to take head on right now and so yesterday in the u.s congress congressman chip roy he went right right to the horse's mouth, and uh, he determined and he told Joe Biden how that needs to happen.
5: When we fund the government this year, things better change, Mr. President. You come down here and you make threats to us about what you think is going to happen with respect to default. You come down here and lecture us in the people's house. Well, let me tell you, Mr. President, we're a co-equal branch of government. And we're not going to allow the American people to continue to be targeted by the very government that is supposed to protect them, that is supposed to do their constitutional duty, that is supposed to secure the border of the United States, that is supposed to stop fentanyl from coming in, that is supposed to have operational control of the border so that neither Americans nor migrants are dying, that is supposed to stop dangerous cartels, that is supposed to stand up to China, that is supposed to have a strong military sparingly used, but not woke. We're not supposed to spend money we don't have. We're supposed to balance our budget. We're supposed to defend the American people. And I'm not going to agree, sitting in the Rules Committee or on this floor, to continue the process of spending money we don't have, of not changing the status quo and not demanding demanding that the President of the United States act like it, act like he's the President, defend this country, secure our border. He doesn't get to come down here and lecture us. The People's House decides how dollars get spent. The People's House represents the people. We need a reckoning. We need to actually stand up and fight, stand up and be counted. I'm not going to go around the circles that we constantly go around in this place, having another meeting, about another meeting, about another meeting. How about we just stand up for something? How about people be on the floor of this body debating? Get another hour of special orders, another half hour of special orders. I'm sick and tired of watching Texans that I represent die from fentanyl. I'm sick and tired of watching my fellow Texans in the state legislature debating right now, spending more Texas taxpayer money to do the job the federal government is supposed to do and secure the border. I'm sick and tired of walking around on eggshells around a body comprised of members of both sides of the aisle that refuse to do their job to stop spending money we don't have and say, oh, well, what what political uh, poll-tested 80% issue can we put out there and go to the American people with so that we can uh, sound reasonable in our demands? How about you just demand what's right? Why don't we just stand up and say, you know what? We're gonna balance our budget. Giddy up. That's what every American does. It's what every business has to do. But no, 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 we'll keep going around in circles. Each side going to their pet projects. Meanwhile, the federal bureaucracy is gonna continue to be at war with the American people like my friend Scott Smith who was here last night, not one single mention by the president hadn't apologized a lick for putting him through that domestic terrorist, hadn't apologized a lick for the fact that his Secretary of Homeland Security, who was here last night, stood up at a lectern and said that his own border patrol employees that worked for him whipped Haitian migrants when he knew full well both from the video evidence that we all saw with our eyes and a memo from his own people in Department of Homeland Security that was not true. He knew it and then he blamed it on systemic racism. Has he apologized? No. And the reason he hasn't apologized is because he's at war with the people of the United States and the fact that his job is supposed to be to secure the border, and the president knows it. The president goes down and does a photo op with a preset visit in El Paso where they literally go out and clean out the streets of the migrants who are piling up in El Paso, and sets up a photo op, and then last night dares to come down here, lecture us, lie to the American people that were trying to go after their Social Security and Medicare, and offer nothing about his constitutional duty as President of the United States to secure the border.
1: Chip Roy, you never question where he stands on any issue and you heard him there he was alone pretty much on the floor of the house when he spoke and he was excoriating not just joe biden but some of his fellow republicans and of course house democrats too that uh would rather pontificate regarding things other than to just do the job i got to be honest with you there i go again i said i got to be honest with you Seriously, though, it's time for all of us to put our shoulders to the plow and to simply determine we're going to do the right thing. We're going to do it. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Whatever that is, whatever it entails, this is the United States of America. Not only can we do that, We've got to do that. Thank you so much for this week. Thank you for, I thank you for TNN Live. Wouldn't work without you. Yeah, we work hard here. But you make it worth working for. You make it happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have an amazing weekend. Dads, spend time with your wives. Wives, spend time with your men. And hey, spend time with your kids. We'll see you Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. right here at TNN Live. So long.
7: I saw the sunrise.